0: And I asked Jake, I was like, over under, am I going to eat at this restaurant 50 times?
1: Welcome to Clocker Counter. I'm Ryan Young and with me is James Wiseman. So today we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, James just came back from a beach weekend that I was not at. So I'm going to ask him some questions of how it went. And you're being
0: very generous. We're doing something different because I am dog tired from coming back from this beach weekend and we're somehow we've managed to make it every second Monday with the podcast despite all my efforts to thwart you. But here we are Sunday, 10 o'clock, literally dropped my bags off, said, hello, wife, I need to go record a podcast immediately.
1: (laughs) Okay. All right. Let's get into it then. All right. Let's tell me, let's set the, the setting, like where were you at? Which beach was it at? Like how, who was there? So Ryan, I have great news, which is I found our beach.
0: It's called sunset beach in North Carolina. It's a three hour drive from my house and sunset beach has an attribute that maybe no other beach i have ever jammed at has, which proves to be its greatest asset which is Sunset Beach is a beach. Let's say, I don't know how long it is, but let's say it's five miles long. Only two and a half miles of it is accessible with parking or a car. So the rest of the beach can only be gotten to by walking. So okay. what we figured out is that we go to the very end of the parking, we park there, and then we hike about 200 meters and there's no people. So, even though the beach was packed, because it's a beautiful July summer at Sunset Beach, as long as you go to the end of where a car can access and you walk another 200 meters, you find yourself in a completely secluded beach with no one else there. So, we had the beach all to ourselves. Today, we actually played during high tide and we still had enough beach to play on all day long. So it's pretty much as close as you can get to a Washington Oregon beach except that, you know, for better or worse, it was beautiful, sunny and arguably way too hot. But I think it's going to be the perfect beach for us. The sand is really nice. The hard pack is very hard. The sand doesn't get make the disc too sticky. The wind was amazing today. It was pretty good yesterday and on Friday it was a little bit from the land. But this is also a beach that has a 360 curves so if you were willing to walk far enough you could probably find a spot that had wind coming off of the water and it was also relatively flat so it's pretty much a dream beach i think we're going to be going back there all the time and to me the best part is that i know we'll always be able to have a spot with
1: unlimited beach is this the first time you've jammed here yes
0: i've been to ocean isle beach which is literally next door. And for all I know, Ocean Isle Beach has something similar, but we went to Sunset Beach just because that's where we could find an Airbnb. But I do think this aspect of just being able to hike is going to make it the main beach we go to. And we already have our upgrades. So we're going to get a cart next time to carry all the stuff so we can go even <laughs> the further The park method. <laughs> exactly. And then I'm also going to bring maybe my electric scooter So that we can park the car in the main parking after I drop everyone off next to the spot. And then I can just scooter down to get there very quickly. And then we're going to be living (laughs) the dream.
1: (laughs) That's cool. How many days were you there?
0: We were there Friday to Sunday. We got there pretty late Sunday. So the drag of this weekend is that Jake has had the flu pretty much the entire time he's been here. (laughs) And although he finally felt better today, he actually probably jammed less today than any other day. So it was mostly me and Will, but it was nice because Jake got to play enough to give Will a few lessons and some of those we can go into. But we saw, I think, in Jake and my estimation, a 10x improvement from Will over the course of the weekend. Wow, 10x. How much of that do you think will be
1: retained for the next...
0: I think a lot of it, I mean, it is beach specific. Some of that will translate, of course, outside of the beach, but a lot of it is really about the beach. And maybe he'll need, you know, a 30 minute whizz ring warm up or something. But I think he's going to keep a lot of the lessons that he learned. I mean, who better to learn from Jake? So that was
1: really key. <laughs> yep. Yeah. How much beach is there at low tide if it's still jammable at high tide?
0: At low tide? <laughs> It's a lot of beach. It's not like Washington, Oregon, where you literally have miles of beach, but you definitely have 50 to a hundred feet. But of course, a lot of the days we were there, the wind was more along the beach rather than straight off the water. So in that regard, you have really infinite beach because (laughs) like I said, once you get past where you can park, there is nobody all the way to the South Carolina border so you could just jam all the way down there as
1: far as you wanted and never run out of room. That's awesome. What kind of sand is it? Like the Washington beaches, it's kind of like a darker color and it cuts up the disc. But I know in Hawaii, it's white sand and it's smooth. And it's- white as white sand. <laughs> the whitest sand you've
0: ever seen in your life. <laughs> Jake said, even when the disc was sandy, one thing we didn't teach Will, every now and then he didn't get all the... Sand out of the disc, but it was never, but like because the sand is so good, it was never a problem. So I never even bothered to say anything about it because even when the disc came with sand in it, we could still do all of our moves. It's unprecedented.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. Okay. All right. So three days. It's you, Jake, and Will. And that's it. Three days. That's it.
0: I think this is the first time I ever had a beach weekend that was just three people. And because Jake was sick, honestly, just two. And it was kind of wild because I'm used to beach weekends where we play six to eight hours a day. We couldn't handle that. We played maybe four hours today, and Will and I were hands on knees. We're out of here. Like we cannot throw the disc another time.
1: <laughs> That's how you do it.
0: Yeah, okay. we definitely played to exhaustion today. I mean, i I am a broken bag of bones right now
1: okay let's start with what was the best moment of the weekend
0: the best moment okay well the best moment of the weekend was the chocolate bundt cake at boundary house which we (laughs) we left boundary house and i asked jake i was like over under am i gonna eat at this restaurant 50 times and i think we both took the over (laughs) this restaurant ryan was made for me and you post jamming we go in there and Everything is like 20 bucks, but 20 bucks gets you the biggest salad you've ever seen, the biggest fried shrimp entree you've ever seen. And then they have basically a chocolate lava cake with ice cream and whipped cream. To me, that was the highlight. Obviously, we went back there more than one time to eat. So that was really <laughs> sick. Well, no, the highlight was jammy-wise, which is all anyone cares about, was today. So like I said, Jake wasn't feeling very well. So it was mostly me and Will. And today, I would say was a perfect one day. I mean. There's perfect win and there's perfect win. And this was perfect win. So I think at least some portion of Will's improvement was that, you know, yesterday was a really good beach win, but he's not used to a beach win. But today's the kind of beach win where it doesn't matter if you've never played on the beach before. You just, you can't go wrong. If you touch the disc, (laughs) it's just going to fix itself. So getting pretty much four hours one-on-one jam with Will in perfect win was pretty special and you know, not surprisingly, like especially if I'm playing with a newer player like Will, so like we filmed today to help Will figure out his beach game. Normally, like while we're filming, I'm like, uh, like I'm just gonna have to cut out every single thing I do, otherwise there's gonna be nothing of Will. But, like every time I hit some sick combo and I threw it to Will, boom! Like he completely responded. We had lots of great co ops, lots of cool hooping. He totally held his own. He kind of, I had told him to kind of mix it up a little more, but he was really sitting in the catching position, but it was working because he was catching everything. And he also has almost all great catches. Like even Jake, I constantly tease him. Like, Jake, why are you still catching under the leg? You're one of the greatest players of all time. Give me a little bit more. Will is like his diet is only flawed guidance, maybe the best switch guidance in the world. I'm just going to put that out there right now. He learned it in three days. It's ridiculous. Scarecrow behind the head. Very little nonsense in his catching repertoire.
1: Do you think you or Will did more new moves this weekend?
0: Ooh, that's a good question. I probably still did more moves this weekend. (laughs) But, like, they were itty-bitty moves. Will did, though, it's like... The analogy would be, you know, I added a new spice to my dish, whereas like Will discovered rice or something. You know what I mean? Like he was (laughs) learning basic cuffs that he has never had occasion to use in Durham. He got really good at kind of the Jake hand guide where you're really just not only guiding the disc on your hand, but making the subtle hand movements that can make it flatter or steeper depending on what you need. So he figured out a lot of real core high utility moves. He was also rolling really well. there's probably a few corrections he's gonna have to make to get the flatter crosswind roll set but the wind was at the right level that even his role could work with pretty high utility and yeah like he could even cross cross set it reasonably well and he also generally knew where to be positioning wise so that was pretty great. Like It's nice when someone like Jake is there because I know that he can see the game as well as anybody. And I don't want Will to be making obvious mistakes that will reflect badly on me, which is (laughs) selfish. But Will didn't make those mistakes. He was really making the right decisions and I think Jake was super impressed, as
1: was I. Cool. How do you think Will felt about it? Did he enjoy the weekend?
0: He had a great time. I think the first few days he really struggled. It was kind of interesting to see history repeat itself because I do think there is a common story of your new player. Everyone talks about how amazing the beach is. You're super fired up to go. And then you get there and you're like, I can't do anything. This is totally different. My game <laughs> is eviscerated. It's really Sandy. It's super hot. I hate this. So the first two days he was kind of like, eh, I kind of had fun or like, I felt like I couldn't do anything <laughs> or maybe I was messing up the jam but today in the first five minutes, he just looked at me and was like, okay, I'm having, I'm having fun. So I think he, <laughs> okay. he loved it and he got the taste for the beach. And I think like everybody that taste will develop and grow. And I feel like most of us at some point reach the point where we only want to play on the beach, which is also partially probably from age and how the beach is a little bit more forgiving on our bodies, depending on how you play.
1: Cool. Did you do any mini games on the beach? I guess you'd had like teaching sessions with Will, but Jake and I started to do like an all counter
0: jam mini game, but I actually like maybe broke my finger last week. So my left pinky has been like totally black and blue the last week, which is very bad timing for having Jake in town. So that was really hindering my counter game because I didn't have, you know, your basic left handed brush. And then also like weirdly the counter roll was really hindered because it's coming off of your left hand and my finger was sort mm-hmm. of involved in that. So that that's like the closest we came to a, a mini game. But otherwise I feel like with someone like Will, he's so new to the beach that the mini game was just beach jamming in general and how different an experience that is for him. I mean, it definitely took a long time for him to slow down like everything he was early on, right? Because he's used to the meadow where as soon as the disc is in the air, you're going for the catch because that's all (laughs) the time you have. And I kept just saying, you have time, you have time, you have time. Just wait for the disc to come to you. Watch it as long as you can and then go for the catch. And I think there's a few points where just something clicked and he figured out the adjustment that applied universally. And then once he could make that adjustment universally, suddenly his catch rate went from 5% to 50%. And that was a huge immediate jump in ability.
1: I see. Was any other revelations you think Will learned?
0: We had a few, and some of these aren't necessarily like... These are things that we were kind of hypothesizing with Will afterwards today of things he picked up on or needed to pick up on. And they're kind of things that I think top players intuit but haven't necessarily thought about. So a couple of lessons from the day are, one... If the wind is as forgiving as it is today, you basically don't need any spin whatsoever. So like, even though you don't think so, you can still fully cuff that flat, even though there's half a Z on it and it's going to be fine. So just realizing that unlike in the meadow where you have to kind of make sure there's enough spin to do the moves that you might want to do on the beach, as the... long
1: as you're not in the rim, <laughs> you don't need spin. Do you call the the jam space at Duke the meadow now?
0: Well, I'm just calling it the meadow in terms of there's indoors meadow beach. I feel like that's the trifecta. <laughs> okay. So I'm comparing, yeah, the meadow for anyone who doesn't know is truly sheep meadow from Central Park. But I think we prefer call it meadow jamming, right? When so you're playing call, on always grass. grass, grass, grass jamming. Same, same difference. <laughs> yeah. So that was a lesson flat, flat is king was kind of a lesson. I don't know how to make it more pithy than that, but just realizing that if you could get the disc flat, it would solve all the problems you're having. So a lot of times, for instance, if, especially the first few days, if Will was kind of jammed up and trying to fix it, he keeps just rebrushing it to get it further out, to be able to adjust. It's like, no, 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 don't worry about where the disc is, worry about the orientation of the disc. If you can make it flat, then it'll forgive you. And you can start manipulating it again to where you need it to be for the catch. So that was definitely a revelation. I already mentioned patience, but just taking everything you know to do and realizing you have a lot more time to do it, which is super hard to do when you're wired for, I need to move fast. I need to move fast. But In general, the better you get, the slower the game is. But especially on the beach, you just got to slow way down. And then also I'll reuse the same line, but like cuffing is king on the beach. And he made a (laughs) lot of strides on cuffing. And there's so many different ways to cuff. I mean, almost, I feel like almost on the beach, just take all your pulls and make them cuffs. And like, that's your game going forward. Refine cuff, (laughs) indigenous cuff, behind the back cuff. Like all your pulls should just be cuffs. And then you'll be a sick beach player. Cool.
1: Was there anything you learned or got like better at by watching Will learn how to do it?
0: Hmm. That's a good question. I think kind of like (laughs) I mentioned this before, but I think reminding myself, but also putting things into words that I haven't thought I was really helpful. So one thing I told Will that then I started using myself and found it very effective is just set it so far out in front of you on the beach and worry about it later. So especially <laughs> if you're spinning or more, like I was doing a lot of things where I was setting it. Like if, say you're doing a yogi, for instance, like if you're doing a yogi in the beach, you're looking downwind and then you set it. And after I told Will, I was like, oh yeah, like I should just set this as if I'm passing it 50 feet in front of me. And the best case scenario is the disc is 50 feet in front of me. And then I can do 12 <laughs> spins into a soul brush. You know, like you basically can't set it too far away on the beach, especially from a rim set. Right. Because if you set it harder than is possible, it's just going to fly off your finger. Night, but like you can, if you can set it correctly as hard as possible, it'll go in an, Optimal place for you, and you're gonna have plenty of time
1: to react to it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's a good one.
0: But a lot okay. of people, like Will yeah. or newer players, newer players in general, even if they're only playing on the cross, one of the things that they have to work towards improving is they set everything really close to their body. And I think a lot of that is fear of gravity, right? You're so worried about the disc falling on the ground and you feel like you don't have enough time to execute your moves, you keep everything really close and safe. But it's actually harder to do things when it's that close to your body. And you're actually, in a lot of ways, reducing the amount of time you have to react to the disc and position your body where you need it to be in order to do a move. So that advice of keeping the disc far away from you tends to apply wherever you are. But in the beach, it's an extreme case because it really is almost (laughs) impossible to set it so far away from yourself that you can't get it.
1: Is it one of those things where it's unintuitive how forgiving it is? So, like, we people should be trying to set it too far away from them to see where the line actually is, but we never do that.
0: Yeah, but there's a part of me that thinks it almost like there's not going to (laughs) be exceptions, of course, but it (laughs) almost is literally impossible because I think if you use enough force, to set the disc farther away than you could get it, that force would create a whole new problem that would make the set fail. Like <laughs> yeah. once you reach the point where you're putting enough force to set it too far away, you've reached a different failure point earlier on that would prevent you from doing anything. And it's so hard to reach that point. And this is sort of what you're getting at that no one ever does. I mean, even for me, the number of times I brushed it or kicked it or something, Thought, oh, well, it's not going to be able to get that. And I start like walking to pick up the disc. And then halfway through my walk, I realize I still have enough time to get the <laughs> disc. And then I just pick up my pace, track it down. And then the combo is back on.
1: <laughs> okay. How many... Is this Will's first time to the beach?
0: Friday was his first day jamming on the beach. Wow. Which is kind of shocking given that he spends his summers in Hawaii but apparently they don't jam on the beach very much there.
1: Oh yeah. I've been to the place that they, I mean, it is beach wind where they jam with Jake and Lori, but yeah, that means in two days we'll learn enough to be comfortable on the beach. That's
0: it was very fast. I mean, my first beach jam was in my first year. So it was earlier than Will, but I remember a cuffing just totally bewildered me. And I absolutely could not figure it out. And I do not remember when I figured out how to cuff, but Will picked it up really quickly. Granted, we've done some cuffing in the meadow, so it's not a totally foreign concept to him, but he made a lot of strides in that. And I think, I do think Jake is the greatest cuffer of all time. Is that even controversial? No, (laughs) that's, I mean, I don't even know who's second, honestly. So I think there was a lot of inspiration for him to work with. I mean, even I was trying all kinds of cuffs I've never done just because Jake is right there and seeing how he cuffs it. I was like, oh, I should really be expanding this more. I mean, it's probably in the category of things that we haven't fully explored very much. Like I would put guides in that category and I would probably put cuffs in that category. I mean, most people only have a couple of cuffs that they can do. And Jake maybe has like 20, but I'm sure there's way more out there. I mean, kind of like I was saying, anything you do as a pull could probably
1: be a cuff in theory. Hmm. Should test that out next time we're at the beach.
0: Yeah, like a triple fake cuff I was sort of playing with. I mean, if you can get your hand there, it's just a question of getting it under the disc and cuffing him.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So under the leg cuff is legit.
0: Under the leg cuff is the, like, that's, we're way past, we were way past that this weekend, Ryan.
1: <laughs> okay. we were no, going, I'm wondering if it, if it's above bar or if it's, like, under the leg catch where it's below the acceptable bar.
0: No, under the leg cuff is valid. Under the leg cuff valid. is fine. Okay. <laughs> Partially, it's because generally under the leg cuffing is more like a leg over cuff, but it's, I don't know, it would probably still be cool if it was truly you're holding your leg up and you're cuffing under it, but... I don't know. Until I see a bad under the light cuff, I'm going to say it's totally valid.
1: Okay. I wonder if you can go. Yeah, I have some ideas. Next for...
0: next beach weekend you and I do, we'll do a cuff minigame. Okay. And I honestly, mean, we might have to go to the beach when you come here in a couple of weeks, just because it's that
1: sweet. I mean, I am there for a, quite a long time, so.
0: Yeah, we might be able to make it happen. I know Will okay. will be down, and Brendan okay. would probably come too, and maybe even Macy.
1: Have some ideas about printing like 3D armor for the back of your palm or back of your hand so when you cuff it, it doesn't kill your skin.
0: I think that's not a problem on the beach, though. I never find cuffing to hurt on the beach. It's only off the beach. There's no wind. That's when cuffing to me can hurt. But I'm skeptical of anything that keeps my skin from touching the disc. Even the Band-Aid I was wearing or the wrap (laughs) I was wearing for my broken finger, the Band-Aid was causing me all kinds of heartache. Like every time the Band-Aid even modestly touched the disc on my cuffs, it was game over. I feel like, okay,
1: we'll, we'll test it out. I'll okay. do some R&D before I fly out there. Okay. But yeah. I'm,
0: you're It's going to be, I'm going to be tough to impress on that. <laughs> okay.
1: Okay. What was the worst drop for the weekend?
0: The worst drop. Well... The, I'll think of a specific one, but I will say it was kind of the weekend of the Chosis. I don't know how it came up <laughs> recently, but we were somehow we were talking about Chosis last week. So I got really fired up about Chosis. And I told Will before Beach Weekend, I said, there's going to be some combo that we're in the middle of. And it's going to be the sickest co-op in history. And I'm going to go for a Chosis and drop it. And you guys are going to be so mad at me. Now, I don't think that happened. There was a couple of times I went for a Chosis and dropped it. But the worst drop, I'm going to say we didn't really have one. There wasn't there wasn't that moment that I think we all can remember like, oh man, that was so cool until you dropped it. I think, I was actually thinking in general, one thing I've either been lucky with or it's just some innate skill I have is that I tend to catch the ones I really want. Like there aren't that many combos <laughs> that haunt me from... Oh, I wish I had caught that one. Like more often than not, once it's it's getting going, so I, I find what I need to catch it. So there wasn't chimney like that. I think Will might regret a couple because there was a few times where he was really going off and he went for a scarecrow, and it took him until the last couple hours to find a scarecrow. I think.
1: Do you? F- I find that as well. Like when I go to the beach, I have to recalibrate my scarecrow. I think my scarecrow right now is a
0: universal tool but this does not need to be calibrated anymore i have to remind myself (laughs) not to scarecrow because i do it too much i see although luckily i because of my hand i did far less scarecrows i was more pivoting to head flaws, and i'm actually really into the head flawed right now i think it's a really cool catch that is underutilized under
1: do you prefer the head flawed to the over the shoulder i'm actually ready to call
0: The over the shoulder behind the head invalid.
1: (laughs) Why? Or what is your opinion?
0: So I talk with Jake about this all the time, but I I mentioned earlier, so I'm not worried about saying on the podcast. Jake's In my top five players of all time. I think he's one of the greatest players to ever play. But the thing I always tease him about is that he still does catches that I don't like, including under the leg. Although to his credit, even though he disagreed with me at the beginning, he cut down his under the legs a lot and almost never does it anymore. But one catch that he has retained, because I haven't told him yet, because I'm just forming This is a new theory, is the... Behind the head catch. What, what do we call it? You're calling it the over the shoulder over the shoulder. I think behind the head also works just like the most generic behind the head. And it just every time that it was worse than it, every time we had a sick combo and Jay caught it behind the head. I was just like, uh, I don't know about that. It's just it's almost a the.
1: Is it not a chair equivalent?
0: No. And I don't know why. And I do it, too. Like as, But I'm probably never going to do it anymore. I think I'm done with it. I can't articulate what's wrong with it, but it just, it's not restricted enough. It doesn't look restricted enough. And it just, even when you do it right, it kind of, look, sometimes, like someone who can do it in a way that I find tolerable is Daniel. So <laughs> like the way you can do it where it's valid is when the disc like really falls into a pocket And the catch is blind a lot of the way and it kind of just like falls almost out of sight. Like if you catch it behind the head over the shoulder, but it's almost like low enough that you can't see the disc anymore. That's kind of cool. But when you catch it, like Statue of Liberty style, where it's almost like you're flexing your biceps and just catching it next to your ear. To me, it just, it doesn't work for me. So. I'm going to give it a preliminary invalid. It's in a testing period. This is like the FDA. It's on probation. Yeah, it's on probation. (laughs) We're going to do some more analysis, conduct some more surveys, but probation over the shoulder behind the head. Look inward, look into your game, see if that's something you want to keep in there.
1: Okay. I think it's a prettier line than the head flawed.
0: (laughs) I'm going to send you some samples of my head flawed. My head flawed right now is exactly where I want it to be. I think what I like about it is you do not expect it. It's so fast and it's so last minute. Like you think I'm out of options and I'm not going to catch it. And the head flawed is just a reflex now. And a lot of it today was cool because in my head, I'm thinking scarecrow, scarecrow, scarecrow. And then I'm like, wait a minute, my finger's broken. And then I would just pivot to the head flawed and it would just make this really satisfying sound in my hand. And, I don't know. I'm really fired up about the head
1: flawed. <laughs> okay. It's a, your... it's a palm oh. up head flawed for the most part, too. Palm up. Wait. I don't. I can't even turn my palm up to it's catch it. It's like a triple
0: that. fake, right? Like So imagine a triple fake, but behind your head. And it involves like a nine, eight, or a seven eighths turn. Like it's almost like a spinning catch no matter what. That's true.
1: I can't even make that shape with my hand. you can touch the back of your hand to the top of your shoulder. I cannot. Yeah. (laughs) There's some anatomy problems going on. It's (laughs) really cool,
0: I think. Okay.
1: Well, we're... Okay. (laughs) We're getting to the end of the questions. What was... What were the last catches?
0: Last catches. we were really dragging by the time we got to the last catch. But I believe Will did a switch guidance. And I cannot say enough, Ryan... His switch guidance is insane. We were on Wednesday or Thursday when Jake was really sick. Will and I jammed by ourselves and we were both exhausted because we had already jammed really long time the days before with Jake and Lori. And so we were doing a guidance practice, which on the one hand is probably the worst thing to do when you're really tired, but like we were too tired to jam. And somehow it became like a workshop on Chosis and guidance. And so we got out like our phone and we were filming are guidances and switch guidances and then looking at it and kind of doing the frame by frame to see the form. And when Will does a lot of his switch guidance, his legs are not only 180 degrees. They're inverting. They're like <laughs> okay. 210 degrees or whatever. It actually reminds me. I think there's a video I made a long time ago of Daniel and Ben Simeons doing switch guidance. And Ben is a professional ballet dancer he was in the Milwaukee Ballet. I think maybe he's doing, moving to like the San Francisco Ballet or something. So he's a Juilliard-trained dancer. And when he does a switch guidance, his legs would invert like that, like more than the splits. That's what's happening to Will somehow. And it's really cool. He needs to swing his front leg harder at the beginning, as as do we all. But it has the aesthetic of a switch guidance And the picture of the guidance itself is as good as any guidance I've ever seen. So that's definitely okay. how Will finished. Somehow, I do not remember how I finished. I think, I think it was, I think Will had caught his, or maybe I think I caught mine. Whatever it was, Will had caught a switch guide, and then I was so amazed by a switch guide as I wanted another go. And he threw it to me, and I think it was like a combo that got out of hand like six or seven times, but the wind kept forgiving me, so I kept going. So it's probably some ridiculously long combo that ended with some kind of single or double spinning catch. And then I was so tired that we were, we were done. (laughs) We were done. We were done. I actually, one thing that was happening to me a few times, and I wonder if you've ever had this before Where you have like a stretch where you just can't seem to stop catching the same thing. Like over the whole day, I caught a great balance of all my catches, but like if you split it into sections, it's like, man, I got to stop. I think one point I caught like six flawed variations in a row and I was like, I need to stop flawed. Like you just get stuck on something (laughs) for a while and you can't break out of it for some reason.
1: Yeah, I've had that before where the set is just only available for one move.
0: <laughs> yeah, it just it, there's definitely like one of the times where Jake came in, it was giving me these set, 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 set. They were all just like jumping flat set, jumping flat set. I was like, okay, I, I just finally I just rotated out a position. It's like stop sending it to me because all I can do right now is a flat for some reason. My brain is too tired to come up with something else. <laughs> okay, I will say. And we're going to have to look at the video when it's done to see. But I think I've made great strides on my crosswind role set, Ryan. I think I think in two years, it'll be as good as anybody's.
1: As good as Jake's?
0: Yeah. I genuinely think that. In two years. I need two more year years. But some okay. of it might be that Jake isn't crosswind role setting as much because he's not playing as much. So maybe <laughs> like we're meeting each other in the middle. But I felt like... I've figured out the angle that it needs to be. And now it's just about getting the consistency. I still mess it up plenty of times. Don't get me wrong. But I think two more years of dedicated practice, I'll get there. And I, I think you- the main thing is I also have a bunch of back backups that I can do mid-roll to fix the set anyways. But I think it's kind of Jake's superpower, right? Which is like if the role starts faltering for some reason, he can always come out of it. And that's... I'm like finding... Those different
1: pivot points. When you say that, ever I just watched Oppenheimer in the theaters. Don't and there's tell this me part anything.
0: I want to watch that scene. Okay, you can tell me for recall the scene. I can tell you one
1: snippet. So, like the some scientist like figures out you can split the atom. Yeah, and Oppenheimer's like that's theoretically impossible. <laughs> and then he like writes this whole whiteboard or blackboard full of chalk scribbles. He's like, see, I just proved it's impossible to split the atom, but they did it in the lab. That's what it sounds like when you're like, my role set is going to be <laughs> as good as Jake's crosswind set.
0: Well, I mean, we'll see, but like the theory is sound, Brian, I'm telling you, I think here's the fundamental problem affecting crosswind roll sets. I think here's the secret of the secret, which is that normal rolls, a roll to yourself is at an angle that is incompatible with a crosswind set. And a crosswind set requires an angle that does not allow you to roll it to yourself. So like when you are learning how to roll, you would never roll it at the appropriate crosswind set angle because as soon as you completed the roll, it would hit the ground. More to the point, you would be learning. So every time you set it basically flat, and tried to roll it, it would just fall on the ground. <laughs> but like that combined with the fact that you really are spiking it every time is the key.
1: Yeah. It is like you're rolling it to the ground. I always tell people I can't do it because I don't start, the disc doesn't start high enough off of my hand.
0: <laughs> I, th- I think it's there. And like one of the tricks, like I'm learning how to do it without needing this, is instead of like a rim set, or like a rim pull into a, crosswind roll set it's really a flat set it's almost like you're setting a juice where you create an angle to do the roll it's not totally flat but I create the angle without going into the rim so that it's still pretty hyper flat but it just has this slight tilt to it and then that lets me roll it so that the disc is totally parallel to my arm and then it can go across okay But I felt good. I spent (laughs) the entire weekend in the setting position, which I was kind of surprised by because Jake often rotates into that position, but he stayed in the middle the whole time and Will stayed in the catching position the whole time. Now again, that's kind of a problem and I kept telling Will, like, feel free to rotate. Like, you should rotate, rotate, rotate. But I think also we were all so tired that we kind of were in our lane and we didn't move as much (laughs) as we should have. But with that said, like, I was really happy because I got tons of setting practice, which everyone knows has been my big goal lately. And I also thought, and maybe this is wishful thinking, and I should ask Jake that Jake didn't feel the need to encroach into the setting position because I was doing <laughs> my job well enough, you know?
1: Yeah. It's like, there's no problem there. So why do I and, need to go? And also help
0: Will out? was catching everything. So I thought like if Will keeps catching everything, that means the sets are where they're supposed to be. <laughs>
1: well with wills range i don't know if that's we'll see as definitive yeah we'll
0: see i'm going to we'll send see. you just like how if you're a basketball player in free agency your manager makes your tape to send to teams like i'm going to send you my crosswind roll tape and be like here it is ryan like it's ready hire like pay me the big bucks
1: <laughs> it's going to be like the first time the that scientist sent in the string theory paper and it was just like flat out rejected. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you'll see. You'll see. I'll make a believer out of you. I can't wait for you to come. Like there's been a lot of improvements by everyone. I think myself included, I'm happy to say, I think most of the time these days I'm just moving sideways, which I'm okay with, but there are some things I think I can still like, I'm still, I still feel like there's things I'm learning, which is where I want to be.
1: Yeah. I always thought you could be twice as good as you are right now <laughs> which is
0: both a compliment and a terrible insult
1: <laughs>
0: but you're gonna be here soon so like when you live here it's really your
1: job to see if you're right about that about for you
0: yeah i mean maybe i'm too old now but can you make think me you're, twice as
1: good boy i don't think you you want to be that's like not desirable for you anymore
0: well it depends depends on if i agree on the things you're changing i don't know okay. we'll see
1: okay All right. Last question, because I know you want to keep this a short podcast. How many times was I mentioned during the weekend?
0: 5,000 times. (laughs) Constantly. I didn't even know how to describe it. I mean, first of all, I find, you know, I don't know if you've experienced this, but you know when you're in middle school or like high school and you're significant other sorry your like closest friend starts dating someone and all they talk about is their significant other (laughs) there's like a certain element of that and it luckily it's not just me it's jake too like the number of times jake was like what do you think about x y and z and i was like well what ryan says is like i feel like a lot of my answers start like ryan tells me it's this and then maybe i agree with that maybe i don't but you're always my benchmark of like here's what i know ryan thinks and here's what i think And that's how I frame a lot of my answers. And then, of course, there's a lot of talk about how when you move here, here's all the things we'll do and we'll take advantage of.
1: Yeah, I do the same thing. Like, well, this is what James thinks and this is what James would do. It was
0: a good time, though. You were definitely missed. It would have been nice. We certainly needed an extra person or two because we were all getting so jammed out from playing constantly. This is the first time in a while I played every single day for at least the last seven days. And most of those days for multiple hours, which is good. I feel like at least I can say that I'm getting ready for worlds, but of course I'm probably gonna be really lazy this week cause I'm so tired and I need my finger to heal, but it was a good, it reminded me of when I was really young and really fired up and every week was a everyday jam. So that was cool.
1: That's cool. All right. Was there anything else you wanted to say about? Nope. I know
0: uh, we're not usually, you know, travel review podcast, but hopefully people got something out of this. And the most important thing is we kept up with our twice a week, Monday schedule. (laughs) And when you get here, we can record some more interesting podcasts. And yes, we wanted to record with Jake, But Jake is still sick and was so tired that he didn't want to record. But uh, we're going to get him on the podcast soon.
1: Cool. Jake is visiting me. He's flying from your house to my house. Done.
0: And you're much better technically at setting this all up. So let's do something with Jake when he gets there. And uh, the most interesting thing will be what Jake says about it. I feel like you almost need to do a separate podcast (laughs) with him to see if it aligns. Because for all I know, Jake's going to get there and he's going to be like, James was in the setting position the whole weekend, just, <laughs> just, just <laughs> dropping terrible sets on everybody. But hopefully that's not the case. I mean, I think honestly, Jake was just trying not to feel terribly sick the entire weekend, but he was a trooper, <sighs> sat out there all day while Will and I played. So we're much appreciative of that.
1: All right. D- do you want to take us out?
0: Awesome. Well, check us out at com. Uh, worlds is coming up in a few weeks. So I hope everyone's getting fired up about that. We'll try to keep our schedule as usual. And, uh, with that, we'll talk to you next time.